There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs, like the stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid and Venza, the spacious Highlander and all-new Sienna with more cargo space, and the fuel-efficient and high-performing RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota hybrids save you time and money, filling up less often at the gas station. And of course, all with 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty on new models. Take the next step. Visit Toyota. Toyota.com slash hybrid or your local Toyota dealership to learn more. ¿Qué tal amigos? Mi nombre es Roman Rojas y Tremenda Vaina es el podcast donde te contamos cuatro historias que desafían la realidad. De las cuatro historias solamente una es mentira. ¿Cuál será? En el último episodio de Tremenda Vaina te contamos de un muchacho en China que vendió una parte de su cuerpo para comprarse un iPad. ¿Será verdad? ¿Será mentira? Suscríbete en iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify o tu plataforma favorita. También nos puedes seguir en Twitter, Instagram o Facebook. El mundo enfrenta una pandemia. Encuentre respuestas y acceda a información veraz y confirmada en el especial de NTN24 sobre coronavirus COVID-19. Escuche los contenidos de NTN24 en su plataforma de podcast favorita. Total Wine and More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine and More has you covered at TotalWine.com. All right, guys. In honor of Hispanic Heritage Month, what song would you choose to represent your country's national anthem? Ooh, it's a good one. Rachel? Okay, I'll go, and uh, I have a clip for it. Like the hit, here you go. Oh. Okay, Ooh. guys. I like this. Everybody here is dancing right now. This is like Dominican Republic. This is the epitome of it, okay? That's a good one. people, buscando visa para un sueño. My turn. This good one. This is mine right here. I mean, hey, do I have to even explain myself right here? Fulanito. Yeah, Fulanito. Uh... Gabe, what's yours? That was so uh, nice. Mine is a J-Lo and Mark Anthony cover of a song called Olvidame y Pega la Vuelta. Ay. Which was originally sung by this Argentinian duo called Pimpinela and their brother and sister, which makes this song like so oh, weird man, to me. Oh, I remember this. So weird. Because it's about a breakup. So it was like this incestuous Ar Argentinian song. Oh. So obviously Puerto Ricans did it and did it better, as we do. But Toma. like, wow. This is really... Frank, what about you? Hey, hey. hey. mommy! <laughs> uh huh. Fernando Villanola. Hi. Yep. Well, uh, a lot of great choices. Pre drugs. Yes. Pre crack. Pre. Ah, the Mexicana. So much. I miss you, girl. I never thought I was gonna miss machine guns, but I do, man. Machine gun, Frank. 
Oh, oh instead of machine wow. gun funk, no biggie fans here. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Tibby. At the top of the episode, I get the crickets. You guys, welcome. This is the Latinos Out Loud podcast. This is season four, episode five. Wow. How's everyone doing? I'm Rachel uh, Loca. I'm Michael Diaz. Frank Nibs. Uh, and I'm Gabe Gonzalez today filling in. Thanks for having me. Hey. Oh, snap. Hey. Wow, who, who are you filling in for? Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, you know, I don't want to say his name. I'm... I don't want to. No, it's understandable. You know, I don't. I don't want to make comparisons. No, of course not. Uh, <laughs> you're filling in for Jamie Fernandez, who I is am. celebrating his fifth year anniversary. Yes. Wow. Jamie. So he yeah. is at IHOPS right now having an amazing meal. <laughs> IHOPS. First of all, why do Latinos add the S? It kills me. It's IHOP. It's not IHOPS. Oh, I thought it was IHOP. But if it's IHOPS in the Spanish and, neighborhood, and guess what? you JC add an Penny. S. Penny. It's not JC Penny's. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Latinos, please. Enough. Why do we have to add the S? It's not Conway's. It's Conway. Conway's. Conway's. It's not Barnes & Noble's. It's Barnes & Noble. Only one noble. Okay. Anyway. Okay. This well, is Latinos Out Loud. And uh, we're here. How's everybody yeah, doing? I'm good. I like the couch. I really like... That we have couches now and we're sitting yes. in them because I feel really comfortable. I, my back is fully supported right now. Nice. I mean, the scoliosis will go away, I think. Wow. That I got That's from the first. chair I never here. thought you had scoliosis. I diagnosed myself. Okay. And <laughs> there was a curvature to my spine after sitting in the seats that were given to us by this lovely venue that we're in, which is Univision Euphoria Studios. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. So we okay. stepped our chair game up. Yep. <laughs> But uh, yeah, what's going on? Well, Let's first, up. first, I just want to say, Frank, we, I, I missed you, man. We no, miss you, you guys so too, much. Man. We love we do, you. Man. I, love I don't you know guys about too. we, but I love you. I love you too. I, no, I, I love you more, Mike. Frank. I love you too. Frank. I've known you longer. Sorry, Ray, uh, Jamie. Sorry, uh, Gabe. No, it's Gabe. <laughs> it's Gabe. It's Gabe. It's Gabe. It's not gonna happen. Jamie. No, um, he has Frank, a better mustache. I'm honored you're here because first episode I was here, you were not here. This is the first time getting the full Latinos out loud. That's right. That's so true. And we have to really welcome Gabe Gonzalez here we because do. you are amazing. And every time you're on the show, we have such a good time. We've <laughs> been for looking forward to this. When Mike and I were on the phone, we were like, all right, Jamie's celebrating his anniversary. We need to fill in. And we were just like, who, who, who? And I had the idea. Just <laughs> are we keeping to, tallies of whose idea? Not is trying what? to tip my own horn, but beep, beep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, what about Gabe? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Tibby. Yes. (laughs) Yo, you are owning your position. I love it. It's great. So we're here. What a unit. Yes. Let's get into it. What has everybody been up to? Well, Well, Frank? I think we need to talk about Friday and what a great experience we had being judges at the Bragging Rights uh, sketch comedy show. Yes. Okay, so Friday night, Bago and I and Jamie yes. were asked to judge a, com- a sketch comedy competition at the People's Improv Theater, and um, it's called Bragging Rights. So it was two of their house teams that went up against each other. It was a team named Like Butter, and the mm. other team was Run DMV. Run DMV. Mm. Yeah. Clever names. Wow. And I, I really had a fun time, and I had quite an experience, and I took some things from it selfishly. And aside from being a judge, um, selfishly, I kind of realized, you know, when I'm writing and when I'm doing my sketch comedy thing with Room 28, we often, like, want to go for those 
deeply layered um, intellectual jokes. And I'm like, hold on, people. What I'm watching here now is very like Three Stooges. Oh, you know, we're going to pour orange juice on each other. I'm not trying to dumb it down and say it's stupid. Mm-hmm. But people were fucking laughing their asses off. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and I'm like, why are we always going for the jugular with these jokes when so we can gonna just dumb like... So you're going to dumb down your stuff now? <laughs> I'm going to like, I think, dumb it down a little bit. I don't want to say dumb it down, Frank. I'm going to simplify my writing. Great word. And I'm going to go for those um, easier jokes. Not always, because I do think what differentiates us in our comedies, we do have like somewhat of, like we want the audience to think with us. We don't want them to just laugh at us. We want mm-hmm. them to actually like, you know, get some brain synapses going and, and feel with and feel us on our comedy. Yeah, and so th- being that we were judges, I never judged before. So you were sitting right next to me, and like after the sketch, I would be like, "Yo, so what do you think?" And you gave me stink <laughs> attitude, like, "Yo, you have your own opinion; it's separate from mine." It was like we were taking the SATs. I'm like, "Yo, keep your pens to yourself. Keep your paper to yourself." Son. Yeah, but then the next sketch after that, I'm seeing you huddling with Jamie, talking, exchanging notes. You don't know what we were saying, okay? You know what happens when you assume. Yeah. You make a... An ass out of you and me. Yeah. So, don't. I saw your IG live from DR. You guys were having a good time. Wait, if you yeah. don't have Wi-Fi... Oh, I wait, 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 you blew up your Yo, You earlier said you had right. no Wi-Fi. Yo. How you seeing us, though? Yo, the only Wi-Fi I got was from a local McDonald's. I swear to God. <laughs> is that related to McDonald's, or... Is <laughs> you had, like, two miles just to go so, to McDonald's and watch your IG. I, damn, like, you a fiend, bro. You went Yo. two miles to a Dominican McDonald's <laughs> to get Wi-Fi? I'm honored. Wait up. This guy always would come in a little moped, and he would drive me to the local McDonald's and I will get like the Wi-Fi wow. what you guys are doing. Wow. I'm yep. honored that you used that little bit of bandwidth to see what we were doing on my IG story. Wait, Thanks. question. So it was like a moped. Like how many people were on it? Because I know in DR you had like nine he- people on that. I'm a heavy guy. So it's only oh, that's me. True. She's doing you. a wheelie the whole way. Wow. Oh Wait, so here, here's what I want to know. So I know that like McDonald's has like specialized menus in every country wherever they are. Right. Do they have like mangu on yeah, the... They have yeah. a Good question. Are you yeah, serious? They, they have mcmangu. Mcmangu. Stop it. Yo, that sounds like my well, you just came from there, so tell us how it was. It was great. It was great. Uh, I went to uh, to a funeral for my uncle. Yeah, uh, Luis Alvelo de Santiago de Caballero. Que en paz. Yes, yeah. very much so. So I went up there real quick. I went for four days. I went to uh, visit the family and show support. Wow. So yeah. you were saying prior that there was a situation. That was happening over there as far as like the way that's set up in the funeral home and everything. Yeah, I was telling you guys in the green room, um, you know, we walk in the we walk in the actual casket to the to the mausoleum. And as we're walking the casket to the mausoleum, I see the door swing out to the mausoleum and I see this little guy called Rafaelito come out. <laughs> and it was Rafaelito, come to talk. And I'm like what? Yeah, Rafaelito actually lives in the mausoleum. He's the one that actually takes care of it for my family. And he has a little makeshift bed inside. He sleeps. With he the sleeps inside with the corpse. Yes. Wow. He keeps the whole family, like you know. I mean, I've heard supers wow. living in the and like <laughs> living in the building, <laughs> and there's rats and stuff. But this dude is. Rafaelito's a super of how, that little mausoleum. How do you get that job? Like, what was the yeah, interview with Rafaelito like? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how do you? I have experience sleeping with dead rats. Yeah. No, no te pude. No, no, estoy bien. Yo me duermo bien. Estoy ahí loco. Yo no necesito that, electricidad yo, ni nada. I just love that they knew him. Like, oh, Rafaelito. Like, they were comfortable yeah, with it, too. He's, he's family. Wow. He has a, by the way, he has a spot there just in case when he goes, 
They got him. He earned it, I think. Yeah, I think so. You know what I'm saying? Living wow. in a mausoleum, he might get there quicker than anybody else. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's a little it's crazy. To live there. It's crazy. Then Does after, he have water? He has everything there. I saw his clothes. What? I saw like a little make. She has like a little, you know, like a little mattress. I was like, wow. Is there Wi-Fi in there? You know what? I wouldn't doubt it, um, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's actually a McDonald's right below the mausoleum. There's a little food court. Of course. That's yeah. What, yeah, that was the, pretty much the perks. <laughs> Frank, I just got to tell you something. You weren't here last week, but something happened to me. Because obviously when you do the fake news, right. we're like, yeah, I, whatever. It's not true. But something happened to me what the about heck? a fake news you were talking about. What happened? So about two weeks ago, um, my girlfriend and I were talking about bamboo. And, you know, we wanted to get some stuff. that was Ro- The rolling bamboo? No, not the rolling bamboo. Frank. Okay, no, I just. Okay. Off record, maybe. No, uh, no bamboo, like the 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 tree that the with the, the pandas eat. The, the, oh. with the pandas eat and everything like that. And we were like, oh, we should get maybe furniture and that. So we go to bed. She's scrolling on Instagram, and what do they have? Selling bamboo. Bro. What? They were hearing our conversation. They listening. Literally, people, like ten minutes listening. afterwards. They're everywhere. <laughs> I told okay, you, I, it's like I, awkwardly long now. Thanks. Yeah. I, I did report. I did report on this a while back. You did. They were here. There was guys, no other way. Guys, like, how? They, Literally ten minutes afterwards, I've been scrolling that. in the IG advertisement. I believe that man. It's wild. I've also been talking about some weird stuff, and then it'll randomly like what? I don't. Mm. <laughs> tell us, Gabe. Tell us. I'm not about to blow up my spot, but let me say. Let me just say, I was having a very particular conversation, and Insta got a little frisky on me. She thought yeah. she knew what she was doing, but yeah. I know it's wild, man. I really think they're listening. Those presidential alerts. That's scary, What's up man. With that? What is that? How why'd uh, we get a presidential alert? I don't need the that. fuck does that mean? I mean he's gonna when he's in trouble, he's just gonna give us some fake news there, you know? Are we Al- get although alert, I think like- cricket, if you have cricket, you don't get it. That was so, yeah, yeah, that was that SNL sketch, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, that's when you test people. Like, wait a minute, you didn't get the text message? Nah, because you got that prepaid joint, you broke ass. You got, you got, the, you got the Metro PC um, piece of shit. That's what it is. I'm about so. to get a flip phone just so I don't have to get those Trump texts. Yeah, like, for real. That was weird. <laughs> Very weird. How about you, Rachel? How's um, everything with you? I mean, not much to report. We did the bragging rights, which actually, when I was thinking, I was like, this is the first time I've been out since the kid was born. Wow. That was my first outing, for real. Yeah. How was was it? It was weird. I'm so used to being around him 24-7 that I'm not, like, when I'm not with him for, like, 20 minutes, I'm like, oh, my God, I lost my kid. Wait, what? Okay, no, he's home. He's home. You know, we're so connected. It's it's weird. I saw you at the rehearsal with Benjamin. I had to Again, when you were in DR. Right. You had Wi-Fi for that. In McDonald's, I saw you with Benjamin. Just just admit, your Airbnb was in McDonald's. And you had Wi-Fi, bro. Honestly. Spent half his trip with Rafaelito, the other half of the no, in all honesty and seriously, I have to shout out all the moms out there and and dads too. You know what I mean? It's a lot of work, but this whole like being a mom of two, I'm still like kind of having trouble adapting to it. It's like I haven't lost myself because I still know who I am and what I want to do, but I'm finding myself. You know what I feel like? Mm. Do you remember um, Goodfellas when Ray Liotta was driving the car? He's like, all right, I got to stir the sauce. I got to get the coke. Remember when he was in that scene and the helicopter was following him? I feel like Ray Liotta sometimes. So you're high all the time? No, I'm not high, Mike, (laughs) but I feel like, okay, I got to do this. I gotta go that I gotta return this bye bye baby I gotta go to my mom's house I gotta you know there's all these things and I feel like I'm gonna forget to stir the sauce wow it's crazy mm. yeah and where's Eric in all this 
Um, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. By no, the he's, way, he's a to... great father. He's mm-hmm. because you know, I'm sorry to yeah. cut you off, but like, you know, he'll take one while I take the other one. So right. he's doing really well. Good. But I still have a lot of these Ray Liotta moments that I'm trying to like figure out how to like calm the fuck down. Excellent. Look, I gotta shout out. I gotta shout out Edgar because he put a picture on Facebook and he's sacrificing because he turned his man cave <laughs> into a dog cave, the two kids cave. Like it's now to share thing, and that's a big step for a man to give up his man cave and share it. Right, it's a big step. It's a big. St- I just you know, sacrificial <laughs> lamb. Hey. I'm sorry, Rachel just gave up her body for nine Thank months. Thank you very much. No, I'm a human man live cave, inside man cave. her. You know, I mean, Do you understand what I feel like right now? I feel like I just took a role in a movie where I have to gain 40 pounds. Like the role I took. Yes, I've been cast as a role for mom. And, uh, uh, you know, in this interview, I want to let you know that I've had to gain 40 pounds for the role. So I had to eat a lot of lactation supplements, which are making me gain weight. And uh, you want to talk about Edgar sacrificing it's his tough. man cave. Next topic. It's <laughs> tough. Because imagine you have a man cave for like five years and then boom. It's out. It's I don't know. I'm just saying. I think it's. Oh, uh, I'm gonna have to talk to, to Edgar him. to see how he's doing. Cause I mean, it's it's not easy. He's fine. Somehow he manages to watch all the. Thank you, Tibby. Somehow he manages really? to watch all the Nick really, games. Tibby? Okay. All right. I haven't watched Wendy Williams in fucking weeks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my go-to. Next topic. So, Gabe. Um, yeah. The last time you were on Latinos Out Loud was season one, wow, yeah. episode four. Oh my god, we were newbies. We were very like, so wet. Was I around? Early no, you weren't. Frank, weren't were you born? I don't, I don't know. Think so. no, Frank, Frank was, weren't there yet. Yeah, Frank was in DR uh, in Mickey D's. We had Andrew Santiago back then. Shout, Shout out to Andrew. Andrew. I love you, man. Yeah, for real. We love Andrew. And we had Z Way on that. We episode had Z. Okay, yo. Z-way. This is an incredible throwback. So this was your show was the first time I ever met Z-Way. Now Z-Way and I are doing a new show together with some uh, other folks, our friends Addie and Melissa at Club Coming, which is a bar on the Lower East Side. And it is wild. It's just like all come full circle. Uh, it was wow. really great. So forever thankful I met Z Way on Latinos Out Loud. Oh my That's God. Crazy. Y'all make lasting friendships. stories here. like this. I'm this so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what else it's have amazing. you been up to? It was nice. Um, not much, man. I uh, just wrapped up uh, working for Romesco a while ago. Um, I left to start pursuing some freelance projects, but we did some really cool stuff while we were there. Um, I got to interview Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez while I was there. Oh. Yeah, that video went viral. It was wild, man. Yo, they ripped a clip of that for The Daily Show. I was like, hey! hey! But we didn't put we didn't put the watermark on the video, so damn. like no one knew damn. where the video damn. came damn. from. Oh, damn, yeah. Um, no, but it was incredible. We had a great time. Um, but no, it's cool. Like now that I'm now that I'm freelance, I'm doing a lot of writing. Been writing for MTV, some digital stuff. Been doing shows with uh, Z-Way. I shot my first commercial the other day, which was nice. really weird. Um, excuse me. I've never me, done that before. Awesome. It was what wild. was it for? It was for um, it was for like a home goods kind of company. Um, and it was really funny because, you know, like one of the shoots, they, they had me do different scenes, but there were like no lines. So one of them was like, all right, you're like spilling coffee and, and you're like stressed about it. But then you like use this product and you relax. And I'm like, all right, I can do it. It's fine. Like very method acting. <laughs> and then the next scene, they bring in this like giant dog. And I'm a, I'm a petite man. Okay. <laughs> I'm like maybe like five, six, five, seven, 120 pounds. This dog was easily as tall as I am on all four Dane? legs. Wow. Like great. a shaggy great Dane kind of oh. thing. Oh boy. Um, and then this dog had to like hop up on the couch next to me and like lay on my lap. And I was like, you're gonna smother me. Like, this is so wild. Did they it tell you great. in advance? Like, like not really. I got on set and they were like, are you cool with dogs? I'm imagining like a chihuahua. I'm like, oh, they're gonna pair the gay Latino with a chihuahua. 
chihuahua. Like, it's fine. I'll just have, like, a tiny dog. You know, I'm expecting, like, New York. I'm expecting, like, a pit bull or something. God. And they just bring, like, the foul core of dogs. I could have, like, ridden him out the building. It was... It was wild. <laughs> and he stank, but it was so cute. I... How are you going to be mad at a stanky dog? You know no. what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not his fault. Yeah. No. He was adorable. Probably takes like three people to wash him, you know? Honestly, so... yeah. Oh, but um, so that was, yeah, that's my first foray into, into commercial endeavors. Congrats. I'm just Congrats. getting smothered by dogs. It's going to be my MO. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay, so I think it's time. For, I know Jamie's not here. So I'm gonna take the responsibility to the the bochinche bites. All right. Yes. I've been waiting all day. Aye. I've been waiting all night. Aye. I've been waiting all day. Aye. Bochinche. Aye. Bites. Aye. Bochinche. Waiting all day. Bochinche. Aye. Bochinche. Waiting all night. Aye. Bochinche. Waiting all day. Bochinche. Aye. Bochinche. Bites. Aye. Uh, what's up? What's up, Mike? Well, we got big shoes. To What's going on, everybody? Ooh. So I'm, right I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm filling in for Jamie for the bochinche bites. Um, so my first bochinche bite uh, was about the fight this weekend. The oh, McGregor. Man. Um, oh, yes. Kai, uh, Kai, how do you pronounce his last uh, first name? Khabib. 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 Um, so it was like I think it broke a record in most uh, pay per view uh, orders. Wow! Um, across I, the board. Across the board. Holy cow! Um, I was busy hate watching the Yankees lose. Or oh, yeah. I think they were they won that night. They won. Um, I and wish you, <laughs> I wish y'all could see how petty you looked when you said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was hate watching the Yankees. You're forever uh, a Mets fan. That's for sure. Yeah. Man. Yo, I got in so much trouble in that you, group oh, text. Oh yeah, you should. Oh then. my god, oh. yo. Uh-oh. I was like, let's go Red Sox, and like nine. Yankee fans in that group text would have given me death threats. I was like, I'm kidding. Jeez. Anyways, so after three rounds, um, the match was over. Uh, McGregor lost. Uh, I don't know. What's the what was the finishing chokehold move, Eddie? What was rear it? Rear naked chokehold. Rear naked chokehold. Oh, honey, a rear naked what? <laughs> does, That's rear, my favorite position. Are we still talking about MMA though? <laughs> Are we still talking about that? I am suddenly very fascinated. Oh by my God. Why do more? Eddie, why do they name it name it a rear-ended chokehold? <laughs> the rear naked chokehold. Oh, rear naked. Rear naked. I could take nice. a guess. Do you want me to try to get? I would love to. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's a different podcast. That's Rachel's SM podcast. Hey, kid, why are you like putting me out there? <laughs> He's just kidding, mom. <laughs> yeah, right. Mom, check the phone. Uh, Eddie, can you uh, give me a little bit of backstory? Because I was not aware why this guy just lost his mind yeah. and like jumped in the crowd and had a fight. Yeah, no, this started back in April. Um, Khabib Nurmagomedov is his last name. He was having another fight at UFC 223 here in Brooklyn, well, here in New York, and he confronted one of Conor McGregor's friends who was by himself, and Khabib had all his friends with him. They were, like, about to jump him, and they were talking trash about Conor McGregor. The very next day was a press conference for Khabib's fight, and Conor flew with his friends from Ireland to defend his friend who was here in, in New York. Shout out to the people who book his flights. Yeah. That was quick as I, hell. Yeah. I probably chartered a, a jet. I mean, oh, he made true, a bunch yeah. of money off Mayweather. Yeah. Aer Lingus. But, <laughs> yeah. No, but like, honestly, how petty do you have to be to take an Aer Lingus flight Seriously. to New York? I'm going to fuck like... you up when I see you. Yeah, but he, he, he flew out there um, and then found Khabib getting on his bus, threw a dolly into the bus trying Damn. to get him to come off the bus and was... 
subsequently arrested for that. I thought that was a publicity stunt at that no, moment in it time. Was, that was that real was hate real, real. for him him coming after his friend. Wow. So through that and in the promotions for this Khabib McGregor fight, there was a lot of trash talk. You know, anything about fighting, you know, Conor McGregor likes to talk. Uh, um, there were some times where he crossed the line, and during the fight, Khabib made him pay with the rear naked chokehold. Yes, honey. In which he wow. submitted to. <laughs> I'm sorry, this whole thing is giving me my yeah, whole day submitted. life, though. We got like rear, <laughs> yeah. rear naked chokeholds. This is like a rehash. They, they want to be Nikki and Cardi so bad. Wow. I'm like, honey, don't throw a dolly, throw your damn shoe. Like, yeah. that's how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just don't don't give me the dollar store version of beef I got several months ago. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, well, so no frills. He makes him submit by the rear naked choke, and then as okay. literally as soon as the fight is over, he looks over at Conor McGregor's. Uh, Khabib looks over at Conor McGregor's corner, starts saying some things, and then hops over the fence of the octagon and flying kicks into the crowd at Conor McGregor's corner, oh my God. which. Immediately, chaos ensued in the entire arena, leaving Conor McGregor, who was knocked out from being submitted by a rear naked choke, mm. okay. defenseless. Mm. Mm. All right, mm-hmm. defenseless in the ring, and Khabib's friends jumped in the ring and jumped Conor McGregor. Damn. Both men had to be escorted out by Las Vegas police. Dana White would not give Khabib his championship in Who's the Dana arena. Dana White. Dana White is the CEO of the UFC, Got so it. he runs the entire thing. So he made the decision to get everybody out. In the crowd, there were a bunch of fights happening, too. So after everybody got taken out, Khabib's friends that jumped in the ring were arrested for inciting a riot and assault, charges which Conor McGregor uh, dropped. Wow. Nice guy. Mm. Wow. Frank, you've been involved in boxing, yes. uh, and you've been in some camps. Uh, is that normal? Like it, sometimes it doesn't get televised, but does that happen? Have you been in a fight with one of the boxers in their camps? Um, not really, but I'll tell you guys an interesting story. The last time I wore this sweater right here, Mike and I were involved in something of a of a of a fight. And you yeah. say that? After, yeah. after a boxing match. Yeah, uh, that's like an argyle print, though. You're wearing like the like middle school history teacher of sweater prints. Like, how do you get into a fight with that respectable print? No, this, this is a, this, yo, don't hit the teacher. I don't don't hit the teacher, real, yo. This is a true story. This is no BS. As a matter of fact, I told Mike this today. What year was this? Uh, I think 2010. Me and my and my friend Angel Lozano did uh he was a boxing promoter and he did a fight in what was it, forty forty something street? He promoted yeah, yeah. a fight. And afterwards, after the boxing match, we went to this club called Elephant, what was it called? Pink Elephant. Pink Elephant. Mm. And we were all there in the VIP section. It was a lot of people, and all of a sudden in our section, a fight breaks out. A huge fight and huge. all these huge. I'm talking about huge. All the bottles are going all over the floor, and all of a sudden I see Mike. And Mike is like ready to fight, and I'm like, Mike, please sit this down. Mike? Yes, yeah, that Mike, yeah. that yeah. Bill Mike. Yo, Mike is like a. I took on like three huge <laughs> bouncers, and, I'm like, and one of the bouncers just went whoop, and I flew across <laughs> the club. I just flew, and it was crazy. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. yeah, that was that was um that was that, that was, was a night. Uh so the next uh Pachincha bite. How did we get there? Yeah. Uh so in a small town in Minnesota last week, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but there was a bunch of drunk birds that wow. were crashing into like windshields, like falling off of trees and stuff. And uh apparently it's due to the global warming that there's uh some of the some of the berries yeah, so the- fermented cuz it was frozen too mm. early. 
Gabe, we were talking about these birds. So it's so funny because like I heard this story on NPR and their take was mad serious. It was like, you know, some scientists think that due to global warming, the birds have been. I was like, I want to hear about them getting drunk though. Yeah. How did the birds get bodied? Talk to me. So apparently, but like for real, for real, because like stuff is getting warmer earlier, or like there's some mix up in the seasons. Like this fruit fermented faster than it should have, and these birds uh, were migrating, I guess, uh, at a different time than usual. So they just like gorged up on these fruits and got super sloshy. Conspiracy. Because if I do it, if I if I do it in a terminology, it's almost like they had done like 15 marathons and they were intaking a lot of food, like pasta, but instead was the berries. But because they took so many in, they were drunk and they were falling off from trees and stuff. But uh, the local sheriff said that they're going to start implementing a a birdalyzer test. A birdalyzer test. To see if it's really they were drunk or if it was just something else. Interesting. Yeah, to have safety and stuff. They must have been wilding out. Hey, Toucan, let's go shit on everybody. (laughs) Oh, yo, yeah. What is bird poop like after they're drunk? You know what I mean? Because, you know, the next morning, like, (laughs) if you're not doing well the next morning, they must not be either. Hey, Woody, what that girl not feeling so hot. (laughs) And um, the final uh, bochinche by, um, I don't know, this was like, it went viral. On Saturdays, the same night as me, uh, hate watching the Yankees and uh, the fight. Banksy yes. had an, uh, one of his art pieces went on an auction in England and it sold for $1.4 million. What? And as soon as it got sold, crazy. the art self, like, just not destructed, but it shredded itself right there and it came out the frame and it shredded and they literally got destroyed. And Banksy the next day had a video showing that he actually built in a shredder like two, three years prior in case it was getting sold. And he's like the magic. Like, you don't never, you never know if he's in the room or not, but apparently he was in the room videotaping everything. Wow. So they're saying it's probably going to cost more money now because of that. Right. But I think that, uh, I think that, uh, it was the amazing, most troll thing that he's done because he's been, that's what he's been doing for the last few years. Hold on, did he forget? Did he forget that he put that? Uh, no, because I think he had a remote and he 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 was in the room and he did it. That's like, genius! Wow. Yeah, like, sounds like some Craigslist thing. I was gonna say I need a frame like that for my nudes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you send it to somebody and then it just self-destruct. Like my mother. <laughs> let me tell you something. Whenever somebody visits the house, like my sister, she flies up from North Carolina, or my brother, if he flies up from Tampa, she replaces the pictures on the refrigerator. No way! What? Why? She has a rotating. Set of oh shit, Ma's coming. Yes. Yo, give me the backups. I swear to God. Give me the backups. My sister doesn't have kids, but she's a cat. She's a cat lady. And every time my sister comes to visit, magically, a picture of the cat's on the refrigerator. So if I could get her a device like this that automatically does it, it would save her a lot of work. Oh, Just cool. saying, wow. Banksy's on to something. That's cute. Yeah. And um, that's it for the Bochicha Bites. Good job, Hi. Mike. That's, That's where you clap, guys. Great research. Thank you. A lot of pressure. Great a lot of delivery. Pressure. <laughs> yeah, no, because he usually has like the machine gun, like all these jokes and stuff like that. I'm, that's not my, uh, you my thing. You did wonderful. You were great. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> and now, the Tip most important it. part of the podcast, we have not had two weeks of this, is the fake news with Woo! Frank. Yes! The views, opinions, and insinuations made by Frank Nibbs do not necessarily reflect or represent those held by the Latinos Out Loud podcast. Live from La Gran Manzana, it's Frank Spiracy News with Frank Nibbs. Hello, folks. Hey, Frank. Hey, Frank. 
Oh, man, man. It's great to hear this, man. It's been well, a while. Guys, today I'm going to touch on something that ex- I experienced in DR for the first time. Oh, oh excuse me? Yes. On okay. October 6th, there was an earthquake of 5.9 on the Richter scale. Wow. Yes. First time I've experienced it. It was crazy. I was in my aunt's house and like everybody's there eating chicharrón de pollo con tostones. Wow. And all of a sudden, everything starts moving. And they all stay there. They're eating. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I go outside and I run out. And I'm like out there. And this guy comes by me and he says, a Haitian guy, by the way, he says, that was the United States that did that. Wait, but they what? did the same thing over there in Haiti. Mm. And I was like, what? But then I didn't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> so I had to wait until today I landed at one. Wait, Mike I, is like, yo, you got the fake news. Come on, g- give it to me. And I'm like, yo, dude, I got to get home first. Hold on. Oh, you must have been dying. He, yes, I was dying to get home and do research. Oh, so I'll be honest God. with you guys. I watched a little bit of a few videos. I didn't do too much research, but this thing like hit me in the head. Okay? And there's a- Literally, t- the earthquake made something fall on your head. Yes, so I feel you Yeah, that. yeah, Sorry Rachel. About that. And apparently, there is a technology, which I touched on on one of our first episodes, and it's called HARP. Okay? Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize- this harp thing, they can also do and create earthquakes around the world. What? What? All right? Yep. It's like the X-Men. What? Yes. What? And Rachel, you mentioned the movie. What was it? Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven. They made an, er- an earthquake happen in the casino. Here you go. Yeah. I always tell you guys, movies are very representative of what goes on in the real world. There you go. (laughs) And I watched some videos, okay? And there's a video of the late Hugo Chavez claiming... Hugo? Hugo Chavez, the president of Venezuela. Uh, (laughs) Former president. Yeah, Yeah, former president. And he claimed that the United States were the ones, okay, that actually did this thing in Haiti. I'm not going to say what, but you guys know what it is. All right? And what they actually do... Basically, it's like it's it's like a sonar type thing. They put it in the ground and they put these like these sound waves, and it creates these earthquakes. Mm. It's really crazy. And I've touched on weather modification and what have you, but this thing is like on another level. Okay, now I'm just gonna say this, right? In 1997, Secretary Secretary of Defense William S. Cohen warned of of technology that has the potential to set off earthquakes and detonate volcanoes. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah, William S. Cohen didn't. Confirmed the technology, but he did acknowledge the possibilities of it. All right. What year was this? 1997. Mm. So, guys, we must really think about uh, of the, these natural disasters going around the world, and you know if they're being caused by um, by men in general. Usually, with the fake news, yes. you scare us, right. which we are now. Are <laughs> I'm you gonna comfort? Are you gonna comfort us? Is there any good news? Yeah, you have to say, but don't worry, guys. <laughs> yeah, but don't worry, guys. <laughs> no, I, hey guys, this was like really scary. Like this was five point nine. The one in Haiti was almost like almost eight. Right. And this thing was like everything is moving around. So I was like, wow. But if uh, this is being done by us, this is not cool. And I got mad at the guy. I was like, hey, how dare you say that? But why? Why would the United States want to create earthquakes? Well, for resources, oil. Uh, they want to take over some uh, countries, so on and uh, so forth. Uh, from the little uh, um, little thing I read today and looked at on, on YouTube, that's why they do this in certain countries. So they want people to come to us for aid. So, that too. So, so I have a question. You were talking about the sonar thing. Is it, is it like a truck and they drive it up? And then no. Imagine putting like things underneath the ground. And they put like sonar waves inside the ground, and these sonar waves go deep into the ground, and it shakes up the core of the ground. Wow! 
So they can actually like really direct where they want these actual earthquakes to be. You know, they there's one that happened in Iran that they're saying that they really caused that out there too. Mm. Wow. So they can actually direct these earthquakes wherever they want in the world. Mm. Yes. Listen, your boy Rafaelito is is playing it safe. He's someplace that can't be fucked <laughs> with during an earthquake. <laughs> Living in a mausoleum, man. You know, he may not be as dumb as we we say he is. You know. Wow. Well, <laughs> Frank, uh, I'm scared, but thank you so much for the. Don't for be the scared, fake, guys. Of course not. No. Yeah. Uh, for the fake news. You're welcome. Welcome right. back, Frank. Thank you so much, guys. We missed you very missed you much. Too. Telling you. All right, you guys, this is the part of the show where we interview someone fabulous. And today, we're, intervie- we're interviewing someone's more than one person <laughs> who are fabulous and we're friends and we're fans. You guys, Bobby and Babelito from the Latinos Who Lunch podcast are here with us yes. today. Bobby is live in the building and Babelito is on the phone. So this is really exciting for us because we love you. Me too. Very much. No, thank you for having us. And your podcast. Yeah. This is so legit. Look at this. Barbarito, if you could see this couch they have. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of lower, like, there's a lot of lumbar support happening. It's really great. It's really amazing, but I would yeah. not be surprised if I'm sitting on a lot of dried semen. So don't, <laughs> don't like. Hey, yo. Hey, Rachel. All right, come on. No that, again, that's save it for the SM podcast. I'm sorry, yeah. stop you it, got a Gabe. brand. Why are you putting me out there <laughs> like that? You got a brand to uphold. Um, but it's uh, fine. It's dried. It's not live. Because yeah. <laughs> I do not want to fucking get pregnant again. <laughs> not by a cat. Primer y último impacto. I think we need to start this interview. Yes. And we have many questions for both of you. Great. So, first of all, well, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about Latinos Who Lunch? If you don't know and you're sleeping under a rock, just let everybody know like what it is. Yeah, Latinos Who Lunch is a podcast with me, Fabi Fav, who, and I'm an artist, and Babelito is an art historian. Um, and we're two queer Latinx dudes who just bullshit and then get into topics, interview people. Um, and it's a show that we started a couple years ago because we didn't, we couldn't we didn't hear any podcasts like ours out there um so yeah we come out every thursday and we're available wherever podcasts can be found amazing and you have some pretty amazing dimples now that i'm seeing you in person i Thank hear you. your voice a lot but looking at you wow those are deep <laughs> deep ass dimples <laughs> Once um, you've seen the dimples, you can't unhear. Yeah. Like, I can hear the dimples now. You know can't what I mean? I? Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Like, when you giggle a little bit, it's like... it's. There's an echo from the dimples. I'm getting synesthesia. Yeah, it's wild. So, <laughs> we want to know, Babelito and Favi, like, what makes Latinos Who Lunch works, work as a podcast, I should say? I think I think one of the principal missions since the beginning, and this is thanks to Favi, is consistency. So the fact that we come out every single week, um, people already expect us. Um, we have a formula that, in a way, it took us a while to develop, but now people know exactly what to expect. So I think that when you give audiences that consistency, I think um, they appreciate it. And the fact that also, even though there's a lot of Latinx podcasts now, there's still not a lot of Latinx podcasts that are doing what we're doing. So I think that's also... Um, play in a benefit. Yeah, and it's also uh, f- our, from the very beginning, our mission was to um, was to bring up 
all these Latinx podcasts with us. So there's a lot of, um, because, you know, we live in a white supremacist capitalist society that tells us that we should be uh, in competition with each other. But from the very beginning, we were like, no, any Latinx podcast that exists, we need to talk about them. We need to give them a try and we need to give them shout outs on our episodes. Yes. So from the very first episode, uh, I would recommend a Latinx or a, a POC podcast out there. Shout out to Inner Ho Uprising. I know it's one of your yeah. favorites. <laughs> sketch comedy writing class with one of the girls. Oh, awesome. And she put me on, and from then I was hooked. Yes. So how did you two meet? Um, we actually met at the Liberace Museum. <laughs> oh, stop! <laughs> that should be the origin story for every queer podcast out there. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, you met for... Oh, right, okay, okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, uh, I was I was managing this gallery with a bunch of Liberace's costumes in it because that was one of my hustles back in the day. And I locked eyes with Babelito and I was like, <laughs> are you gay? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's not how it happened. That's not how it happened. <laughs> But um, no, we met and he told me he was an art historian and I was like, I've never met a brown art historian. They're usually white women. Like, wow. Um, so we we exchanged each other's information and then we went and had tacos one day and we became instant best friends. Oh, that is such a great right, story. Right, Yes, no, I remember that I asked him to come and take my class and I was really excited when he showed up and then right after class we went to go have tacos and then the convers the first conversation we had I think it's something that we were looking to replicate because we kept having those important conversations um, either after class or before and and Fabi was listening to a lot of podcasts he's like let's do this like, like let's start the podcast let's start the podcast and finally he cued me to some amazing black podcasts and we were inspired, and we said, let's just do it. We bought us some equipment, and here we are almost three years later, two and a half years later. And, and uh, my next question to you guys, how do you feel the industry has changed, especially in, in the Latin space and podcast, from the moment you guys have started till now? Well, when we first started, there was like maybe 10 Latinx podcasts that we could find. Mm -hmm. And then now there's hundreds of them, which is amazing. And also hundreds, not hundreds, but uh, scores of <laughs> podcasts maybe led by queer Latinos, which is really awesome and refreshing. Um, so that's how it's changed. Also, I think everybody has a podcast now, which is incredible. <laughs> and it's still a new medium, which is really cool. So there really are no rules, uh, which we we really enjoy because we've been able to mess with the format of our show because of that. So I had a quick question going back to how you met oh, um, sure. about the title, Latinos Who Lunch. Um, it's a reference to a Sondheim musical song called hey. The Ladies Who Lunch. So we're going to have that little bit of here. queer no, trivia <laughs> I can say multitudes, ZK. Um, but I love that that you know you mentioned that like both of you sort of inhabit these spaces that are are traditionally considered very white and affluent. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if the title, you know, the ladies who lunch, like rich ladies who have time to have lunch, like uh, how does the title sort of like play into uh, Latinos specifically, like queer Latinos, sort of reclaiming this space, right? Yeah. I, well, oh, go ahead, Pablito. As Fabio mentioned, um, he's an artist and I'm a historian, and this idea of Ladies Who Lunch also ties back to the beginning of this big art collection that started in this country. Like, you go to every museum in this country, there's a big 
for example, I don't know, impressionist art collection. Mm-hmm. And it's about that. It's about all these women that, in a way, were not allowed to work with a big man in Wall Street, and they started creating their own collections, and they also had lunch, and they ladies who lunch. So in a way, we play a little bit with that, with that word, but now we're making it ours, because it's about two gay Latinos having lunch, or talking about lunch, but also engaging with critical conversations about art, and that's very important for us. Yeah, and I mean, working in academia as Babelito does, and me working in galleries and museums, we we see what happens behind the scenes. We see people of color, we see women, we see undocumented folks doing all the work and getting zero credit for it. And usually these institutions are led by cisgender white males who take all the credit for all the labor and women all the emotional labor of putting up with these men that don't know how to act every day. And, and, and it's pretty much pretty much uh, every institution that I work for is, is uh, reflects that. So we are kind of we're taking that and kind of turning it on turning it on its head, acknowledging that history, um, but then giving visibility to the people that are actually behind the scenes making things happen. And it's been incredible because there's so many artists and so many kids who have been sending us emails saying, oh my God, now I want to go back to the art world. You guys are inspiring. Um, I always feel uh, alienated, so this is good that you guys are doing this. So there's a lot of people out there that have been fighting to get into those spaces, and they cannot get into those spaces. So I feel like in a way we're starting a conversation, and we get those emails more and more of people like, yes, I'm going to go back to school, or yes, I'm going to go back to my artistic practice. And that's that's fucking amazing. That's inspiring. That is awesome. Um, they're probably not going to tell you this, but your name is so awesome that Eddie and Mike are going to start an MMA podcast called Latinos Who Punch. Ooh. And um, yeah, you guys Wait, should what? probably like like we'll copyright okay. copyright it. Something. Thank you. Um, so you guys travel a lot. You're always, I mean, you're here in New York now, and I want to talk about why you're here in New York. Okay. Well, maybe we should get into that quickly before okay. I ask this next question. Why are you in New York, Bobby? Um, I'm living my dreams. Um, if you, you came can, to the wrong place, if you can, <laughs> we're all dead inside. I know. That's why. That's why I feel at home, girl. So, um, uh, I love the smell of piss in the morning. Okay, so <laughs> okay, you did come to the right place. Yeah. yeah. Um, any elevator in any subway station, you'll yeah. smell it hot. Oh my gosh. Fresh. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Well, I'm here working at a children's museum. Oh, amazing! <laughs> I'm I'm doing an installation at the Sugar Hill Children's Museum of Art and Storytelling. Um, it's in Sugar Hill uh, near Washington Heights, and um, they have this big uh, open area where they do a lot of uh, like movie screening, storytelling, uh, fun activities for kids. Um, and I I'm doing seven murals that are kind of collaged together. Um, it made in this, uh, which has become my signature, my signature piñata style so I use tissue paper and cardboard and make uh, these like big paper mosaics wow nice mm-hmm. I need to go check that yes, out yes yes all about the it museum it opens life. next week I think okay. October 17th is the opening. It opens to the public October 21st. I would love to go with my child. Yes. Um, okay, so you're traveling a lot, and you mentioned before that consistency is key in, in the success of a podcast. How do you maintain consistency with these crazy travel schedules? Um... <laughs> Well, right now, Latinos Who Lunch Studios is in the janitor's closet of the Sugar Hill Children's Museum. <laughs> <Work>. so, <laughs> yes. Ideal. That's ideal. Yeah, yeah it's Mommy, great. I think there's a man inside. 
<laughs> so we're back in the closet once again. It's like Hi. it's like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving it's came early. Format yeah. RPs commenting on how we constantly put ourselves back in the closet. Yeah, the, ho- you can spin it. the holidays are coming yeah, up, girl. Spin okay, it anyway, right? so <laughs> I need a beard. Anybody available? Okay, so um. Yeah, so Babel, we're, we record remotely basically now. So Babelita has his setup, and I have my setup, and you know we exchange files usually. And and we also do this thing where we, when we are together, we try to interview as many people as we can, and then have those those uh, interviews ready to go, and and kind of spread them out throughout the year. Wow, but that's mm-hmm. work and dedication. Yes, and coordination. Mm-hmm. All of that. And Babelita, what are you, do- Babelita, what are you doing in uh, in Chicago? I recently got a position as a visiting professor at the University of Illinois in Chicago. I'm here for two years, and I'm here teaching the youth about how fucked up the colonial art world was. Mm-hmm. You're probably a badass teacher, yo. Like, the students must really dig you. What's your teaching style, if you could summarize it? Well, I... Oh. I, it's it really if you listen to like the the podcast, that's my personality now in the classroom. They started to go back and forth, so I try not to change much of it. Of course, with dates and things to sound more legit, but the reality is that what I teach in the podcast, I end up teaching in the classroom, and what I teach in the classroom, I end up teaching on the podcast. So it's pretty much the same before. There was Emmanuel Ortega and Babelito, and now like everything is moving into one single teaching style, which is pretty, it's pretty fun. I love that. I feel like if you're ever out, they could just play your podcast instead of like playing a video. You know what I mean? Like the teacher's out one day. Let's just play Latinos Who Lunch. We'll have a listening party. That is a great way to get ratings. Oh my God. I was just thinking maybe we need to all become teachers because that's (laughs) like 30 kids at a time who are going to subscribe to our podcast. Yeah. Huh, what a strategy. <laughs> I, I stay in the closet as as a, as a podcaster, and then at the end of the semester, I always tell them. Oh, I love that. Oh, interesting. Yes, surprise. Yes. I, you know, like, this kid can be very disrespectful. I, I taught for a while at the college of, I taught multicultural marketing at Brooklyn College for five years. And the same thing, like, I kind of didn't want them to know that I was doing, like, funny, stupid videos online until one of my students actually blew me up. They were like, are you the girl that does the lip purse video for Flama? Shut and up! I, stop the documentary parody! I <laughs> love that video! And I was like, shit, yeah, where do I go from here? Okay, yes, I'm a crazy, kooky comedian, but I know multi cultural marketing very good and it doesn't mean I'm going to give you an A just because you saw my video but tell all your friends about it and give me some more likes <laughs> so I have another podcast related question um, you guys have a very successful podcast and we were talking about how there's a lot of podcasts out there that are run by Latinos how long did it take you to find your voice and feel comfortable about the brand and your podcast ooh uh, I think we're still looking for it no um <laughs> I think like I think it took us about a year. Would you agree, Paulito? Yeah, I think that we experimented a while, and as um, we mentioned before, the episode on Juan Gabriel, which was about that, it was like six months or something like that. Something clicked. Then after that, like the podcast, you can almost divide the history of the podcast before and after that episode. Yeah, I think it was like episode ten or something. It's like when we're like got real on the podcast, and then I feel like. 
we got into a groove and then it became more of like us teaching lessons on the show and like talking about because the beginning was like very uh like um politically and like race driven we wanted to talk about that kind of stuff um but then uh, like a year in, uh, we we just started kind of chatting and bantering, kind of like you guys do at the beginning of all your shows, just to kind of, because a lot of people would write in and say, hey, you guys remind me of my friends back home, you remind me of my cousins, so now there's a balance, we do, we call them Guara Guara La Cuchara episodes, so we do one... <laughs> One week is us just talking, and then one week is, like, a a topic or an interview that we do. Got it. And where are you guys from? What's your backgrounds? I'm I'm born and raised. I was born and raised in Las Vegas, so I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada. Wow. Yeah. And your family, like, where? Oh, my mom is Guatemalan, and my dad is Mexican. Mm. Yeah. And what about you, Babelito? I was born in L.A., but I grew up in Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua. Si, señor. (laughs) <laughs> they they eat hot dog burritos there. <laughs> I went I went there with Babelito and I and you know I, it, don't fucking pretend. I didn't say I didn't like it. I just I'm just stating that they they eat hot dog burritos. It sounds yummy. <laughs> There's Babelito's laugh. I love his laugh, y'all. It's the best. All right. Well, we want to play a fun game with you guys about Hispanic heritage. Trivia challenge. Okay, okay. Applause, applause, applause. This is the game show that tests your knowledge of Latino culture. It's Hispanic Heritage Month, and who better to be tested than today's guests, Favi Fav and Babelito of the Latinos Who Lunch podcast versus Gabe Gonzalez and our very own Juan Bago. Woo! All right. All right. All we right. got a late cheer, but we got one. It's it good. Yeah. Better late than never, you know? Yeah. I'm your host, Rachel La Loca, and that's mainly because I made this game up and I know all the answers. <laughs> all right, so today each player is not only playing to be the winner of this Hispanic hoedown, but also for a member of our live studio audience. And that audience member has the chance to win a $90 gift card, good towards the purchase of any OtterBox cell phone accessory from OtterBox.com. Wow. Thank you, OtterBox. Wow. Let's meet who each of you will be playing for. Eddie, who is going to be playing on Team Latinos Who Lunch? Mr. David Burns. Mr. David Burns, step to the mic. Where are you from? Where are you from? Tell us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I am from Washington Heights. Woohoo! Oh, hey! Uh oh! And uh, yeah, <laughs> happy to be here. Happy to have uh, the Latinos who lunch playing for me. All yes. right. Now, Eddie, who's going to be playing for Team Gabe and Bago? Fool me! Yes. Step up yeah. to the mic. Tell us yeah. a little bit about yourself. Where are you from, girl? Uh, Astoria? Um, yeah! Queens Are you in the sure? house! I don't know. Are you that, sure? that, I was trying to decide should I take it back further or should I just go with where I am now? So mm-hmm. I feel like everybody says Astoria the same way. Like they don't really know where it starts or ends. They're like, Astoria? <laughs> Queens. You know, two sides, somewhere in Queens. We're there. Queens, one of the two. Okay. So, yeah. Well, welcome okay. and good luck to our contestants. We got you. And to our teams. So the way it's going to work is I'm going to ask each team a question and you could talk it out, okay? okay. You guys could talk over the phone how we're set up here for a few seconds, but I'm going to need an answer after 10 seconds. All right? Question number one. Uh, We did a coin toss backstage. No, we didn't. And (laughs) the coin toss said that Team Latinos Who Lunch is going to go first. All right. All right. (laughs) (laughs) 
Team Latinos who lunch. When was the first time Hispanic Heritage Month was celebrated in this country? A. 1988. B. 1968. C. 1990. D. 1978. Okay, let's see. Well, the Hispanic wasn't used until the 70s because Nixon administration implemented that. Um, I haven't identified as Hispanic since 1997. So, um, let's see. Babelito? I think it was in the 1970s, early 1970s. 70s, late 1960s. Late. No. Wait, what are the choices again? A, 1988, B, 1968, C, 1990, or D, 1978? <gasps> 68 or 78. Are you sure it's not 78? No, it's 68. Okay. Final answer. I hope you're not Googling, Babelito, because we can't see you. <laughs> oh, wow. I hadn't even thought of that. Oh, my He's a God. Histor- He's a historian. Okay. Final answer, 1968. Sure. You are correct. Oh. Yes. 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 Wow. Congress nice. authorized then President Lyndon B. Johnson to declare oh. National Hispanic Heritage Week for the week including the 15th and the 16th. Now later in 1988, Congress extended the celebration to one month from September 15th to October 15th. Yes. Wow. All right. Question number two goes to Team Gabe and Bago. They're already up by one. It's okay. No pressure. Question number two. Uh The decision to have Hispanic Heritage Month start on September 15th was based on several Latin American countries' independent states, such as A, Costa Rica, El Salvador, and Guatemala, B, Honduras, and Nicaragua, C, Mexico, and Chile, or D, all of the above. This is hard because it really sounds like it was made on like a white person schedule. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like we don't want we don't want Latinos to get too uppity, so let's give them half of a month each. You know what I'm saying? We don't even get a whole damn month. Um, I mean, we do if you add up, but um, I'm gay, can't do math. Um, uh, oh man, Gabe, really? <laughs> I gays can't drive, they can't read, they can't do math. I just. <laughs> I literally, I just repeat things Lady Gaga says, and I get through life. It's oh, great. Oh, okay. Sorry, did I give it away? You guys have like three seconds to come up oh, with an answer. Uh, 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 say it again. A, okay, should I repeat the whole thing? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they need to know how the countries are clumped. Yeah, yeah so here we confusing. go. Question number two will be repeated. The decision to have Hispanic Heritage Month start on September 15th was based on several Latin American countries' oh, yeah. independent states, such as A, Costa Rica, El Salvador, and Guatemala, B, Honduras, and Nicaragua, C, Mexico and Chile, or D, all of the above. I haven't heard of any of these Independence Days happening recently. I feel like it's, I feel like it's B. Honduras uh, and Nicaragua? Yeah. Can we steal it or? Because I know. Yeah, I'm waiting. <laughs> They're waiting. Should we? Uh, uh, Final you know answer. What? Let's go A. All right. Should we go I'll, A I'll, I'll, I'll go with or B? Costa Rica and El Salvador and Guatemala. Yeah, I, I yeah, I feel like it's A. Let's do A. We'll do A. All right. Well. Well. It's B. It's B, right? You guys, the answer is all, all of the, the above. above. All of the above. September 15th question. was chosen as the start of Hispanic Heritage Month because it's the anniversary of the independence of five Latin American countries. Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. Mexico and Chile also joined the list with their respective independent states September 16th and 18th. Mm. 
You know what's ridiculous? I, I had to write a listicle about this while I worked at Flemma, and I retained none of this. I'm literally in the offices where my place of employment used to be writing that, and I just... Eddie, help me keep score, although I'm pretty sure it's going to be something to zero. Okay, question number three. We're both zero to zero, but... Question number three, Team Latinos Who Lunch. How large is the self-defined Hispanic population in the U.S. at present? A, 132 million. B, 50.5 million. C, 1.3 million. Or D, 58.9 million. Whoa. Uh, say, it, say the numbers again, sorry. A, 132 million. B, 50.5 million. C, 1.3 million. Or D, 58.9 million. The first one. Right, Babalito? There's a lot of us. We're taking over. Mm. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like where you were going with your oh, thought but process. Too many but according to the U.S. Census, the Hispanic 50. population of the United States as of July 1st, 2017, was 58.9 million, mm. altogether representing 18.1 percent of the total population. Wait, does that count Filipinos? <laughs> <laughs> That's incorrect. <laughs> they're, honor, they're honorary Latinos. Yeah, I agree. Oh with that. no! I agree with that. Oh, we have a chance to tie. Yes. yes. Mm, let's right. go. Bring me. Let's okay, go. next question. Team Gabe and Bago. How many states have a population of more than 1 million Hispanic residents? Ooh. A, 8. B, 9. C, 10. D, 11. It sounds like I'm playing Battleship. Um, <laughs> A, 8. B, 9. C, 10. Or D, 11. This is tricky. Talk about it. So we know, There's like, California. yeah, we got California. We New got York. New York and Florida Texas. for sure. They're mad Puerto Ricans in Connecticut. I've heard about them. I have family there. <laughs> New Jersey. New Jersey. Right. We're at Did you mention seven. Texas? Uh-huh. Texas. Texas. They, uh, they got Latinos. We got Arizona. New Mexico. Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, right? New Mexico, the whole South. You know what? It sounds like maybe 11. I'm, 11 I'm is a, the yeah, highest choice. 11. I would say like 10 or 11. 11. No, 11. I would 11. say 11. Really close. The answer is 10. Damn it! According to the census, Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, oh. Illinois, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, and Texas mm. all have a Hispanic population of more than 1 million. Yes. Okay. Well, this, is, this game's getting good. Okay. All right. Great question. Yourself yeah. Team Latinos who lunch. Here we go. Is everybody learning a little something, something? You know what I'm saying? Go learn today. All right. Next All question. Right. How many Hispanic young men and women, shout out to Eddie, how many Hispanic young men and women serve in the U.S. Army? A, 1.3 million, B, 1.2 million, C, 4.7 million, or D, 2.3 million? Hispanic young men and women in the U.S. Army. How many total in the Army? Um, Uh, I don't know that answer. 1% of the country's population. Right. How many? What is that? What 1% of the country's population. So, oh. Just one more time for Babalito, please. So Eddie said that 1% of the total population okay. are in the Army. Okay. How, what's the choices again? Choices are for how many Hispanics are in the U.S. Army. A, 1.3 million. B, 1.2 million. C, 4.7 million. Or D, 2.3 million. The last one? Yeah. This is not excluding Filipinos. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. The answer is 1.2 million Hispanic young men and women 18 years or older serve in the country's army. And shout out to all those people and our veteran on staff, Eddie, and I think Chastity also served. Okay. Shout out to them. We got two vets in the building. Okay, question number six. This is a very interesting one. You guys ready, Team Gabe and Bago? Mm -hmm. Here we go. 
Now, 2000 marked the first time Hispanic surnames made the list of the 15 most common surnames in that year's census. Do you know which one was the most common? <laughs> A. Rodriguez. B. Martinez. C. Hernandez. Or D. Garcia. Yo, I can't believe Gonzalez didn't even rank. How is Gonzalez? <laughs> I literally feel like my name is like the, the Smith of Latino last names. Yeah. Like, yeah. My first name is technically John, too. I'm literally like a John Smith. Wow. All right, so... Um, um, Rodriguez. I want to say Rodriguez. Because I feel like I know yeah. a lot of nationalities with Rodriguez. Right. Martinez is more Caribbean, I feel. Yeah. And Hernandez. Uh, I, I'm feeling Rodriguez. I'm I feel like Rodriguez I read about too. this and yeah. it was Rodriguez. Because there's a Robert Rodriguez, but then there's, you know, right. Dominicans with there's Rodriguez. You want to go through the list too. of all the Rodriguez's right Alex now? Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, uh, we're going to go with we're gonna Rodriguez. Go Rodriguez. Rodriguez, have, have, yes. Well, uh, it's not right. I, I'm, mm. I'm sorry. Garcia is the most common Garcia. Yep. Garcia. We've For got real? a Garcia in the audience. We do. Oh, okay. No. Nope. All right. Uh, yes, you just we really do. like the name Garcia? I guessed it. I guessed it. Oh, uh, you guessed it. Oh, you're sure? Because you got it right. Okay. Uh, Shout out right. to my tío Luis. Yes. <laughs> all right. Next question. Team Latinos who lunch. Now, what words are featured on the inside of the Dominican flag? Oh, shit. A, mango and mofongo for all. Shut up! Wait, can I steal? Can I steal? Shut That's it. Up. Can I steal? B, Dominican pride. C, Dios patria libertad. Or D, Dios dinero y hookah. <laughs> and there's a Mama Sushi logo at the bottom. Um... <laughs> um <laughs> it's the third one about God. Yes. Final answer. Yeah. Dios, patria y libertad. That is correct. Yes. That is correct. That was an easy. They had like three fake. Yeah, hookah. Three, yeah, hookah. <laughs> put hookah in there. And mango. Come like, on. Man, I would have guessed mango and mofongo for all. That's what it is in my head. <laughs> wow. Okay. If you want to know a little bit about the flag of the Dominican Republic, it was designed by our founding father, Juan Pablo Duarte, Ooh. and adopted in 1844. It is centered with a white cross that extends to the edges and divides the flag into four rectangles. The color blue is for liberty, the red is for blood of the heroes, and white is for salvation. Mm. Okay. <laughs> you guys, I love how this is, this is playing out. Next question, Team Gabe and Bago. On what day does Mexico celebrate its independence? Oh. A, May 5th. You just said that. B, May 16th. You really didn't throw Cinco de Mayo C, in there, did you? September 16th. Rude. Rude. <laughs> Don't judge me by my multiple choice selections. You thought I was going to fall for Cinco de Mayo? What kind of great gun do you think you have on no, this? No, not you. Okay. Him. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Wait, it's not? Oh, here we what go. What am I going to drop for? Okay, A, Cinco de Mayo, B, May 16th, C, September 16th, or D, none of the above. Honey, it's September 16th. I agree. Yes! Yes! You are correct! You are yes! correct! Yes! We got one. <laughs> yes! One. That's it, right? I thought this was going to be like like Walter Mercado trivia, like name three of Celia Cruz's greatest hits. We're going for like hard data Yeah, man. Here. This is, yeah. We need to this know where intense. we come from to know where we're going. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Woo! Final question. Team Latinos who lunch. What's in the beak of the eagle that sits in the center of the Mexican flag? A, a sombrero. <laughs> B, a shot glass. C, a snake. Or D, an olive branch. Oh. 
What is it? We're hearing a snake from Babelito. Yes, it is a snake. Final answer. Yes. You are correct, Latinos who lunch. <laughs> and that is the end of the show. Eddie, where are we at? Who is our winner? Latinos who lunch. Congrats to well Fumi. Yes, Fumi. And thank you to Otterbox for providing the prize. Yes. And that concludes our Hispanic Heritage Month trivia game. Yes. Woohoo! And now it's time for Que Lo Que. So I'm not personally promoting anything until I finish my book, and that's going to take a couple more years. But in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter as Babelito666 and on Instagram, just Babelito. I mean, not just Babelito, but Babelito. Aye, aye, Favi Fav. You can follow me at Favi Fav, F-A-V-Y-F-A-V, on all social media platforms. I am also Justin Favela. That is my government name justinfavela.com is where you can see my art uh, we are at Latinos Who Lunch on all social media platforms latinoswholunch.com I'm also starting a new podcast launching in November called the Art People Podcast hey, yeah. hey. congrats and it'll be at Art People Pod anywhere just google it locas it'll be out there <laughs> yes. that's incredible Okay, Gabe. Gabe. All right, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, all social media using the handle at Gaybones, G-A-Y-B-O-N-E-Z. I made it in college, and I didn't change it in time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, You can also check out my uh, new show I'm co-hosting at Club Coming called The New Shit Show, uh, which is going to be happening so far the first Thursday of every month. Um, And you can also see me on Scruff, which is a gay hookup app, so maybe have the audience here won't be using it. Um, but I am writing for and hosting a new quiz show called Hosting um, on the app. All the questions are about queer history and culture. It's been super fun. And we've been giving away money every episode, which is so hey. fun. Um, so it's been really great. So that's what I'm working on right now. Are you giving away otter box cases? Didn't oh, honey, think so. No, I'm giving you otter realness, but no otter box. Hey. I'm sorry. Can't get these otter Ew. cookies. What? <laughs> Too many jokes. <laughs> Too many right. otter jokes. Too I'm many sorry. Jokes. I'm so otter sorry. Otter box. That's already okay. yeah. That's right. Already. <laughs> Reverse naked chokehold though. Can we? I, I've been thinking about it the whole episode. We have so many options for an episode yeah. title. I just yeah. want to let you guys Reverse know that. Reverse naked choke me, daddy is the name of my upcoming podcast. So. Man, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I have to follow that? Yeah. <laughs> Tough act. Uh, yeah. Uh, Corriente Latina, they were at Comic-Con. They're going to be releasing some of the interviews, so go check them out on Corriente Latina. And then Uptown Collective, they want to talk about, there's a global digital magazine called uh, Ozzy, and they are going to have a televised debate on Monday, October 22nd from 6 to 9 at the Venerable Riverside Church, uh, the new show called Take on America. If you want more information on that, go to uptowncollective.com. And then for me... If you're going to be in Coachella this weekend, uh, the official Latino film, short film festival uh, are going to be screening some of the shorts, and they're going to have the award ceremony um, October 14th, and um, for the second year in a row, I'm going up for best actor in a sketch. Your boy is so nominated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
hopefully I win. And uh, I'll be in Hispanicized too that next weekend. So uh, Juan Bago and all the platforms. You're going to win. You know why? Because you told me that you put like awards on your vision board. Or is that, should I not have disclosed that information? And look, you've already won a few this year. Yeah. Hopefully I win. Yeah. Or, Seriously. Or it's going to hurt twice as much. I'm sorry. Losing two years I in a row. I shouldn't have said that. Okay. Yeah. So let's see. Well, okay. Um, hi. So, a big shout out to our partners over at Yero.com, the news and lifestyle platform for Latino men. If you missed it, the crew was at the NYC Comic Con this weekend and got all the best highlights to keep you in the know. So, visit Yero.com. That's double-L-E-R-O.com for so the lowdown. Were... Can I just say the shout out and then you ask a question? No, I know. But they were both there. Corriente Latina and Yero were there. Yeah. I wonder if they spoke to each other. Wow. Well, I don't know. Do you think there were only five people there? It's fucking Comic Con. They're, they're actually all co-hosting a podcast together. <laughs> now so. yeah. <laughs> okay and a uh, big shout out to our friends at urban latino media sunday brunch with chef frank maldonado at good eats located at the aloff hotel laguardia 100-15 dipmars boulevard in east elmhurst queens doors open at 11 a.m um so this friday oh my god hispanic heritage month thank you for happening because friday room 28 has two shows at the triad theater sketch comedy at its best i guarantee you're gonna laugh or money back um you can get your tickets at room28comedy.com. That's Friday, October 12th. Two shows, 7 and 9.30 p.m. at the Triad Theater here in New York City. 72nd between Broadway or whatever. I don't even know where it is. But it's, I think it's 72nd between... I'm such a Jamie right now. It's on 72nd Somewhere! I think it's between Amsterdam and Columbus, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Okay, cool. I'm an East Side girl. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and then okay. October 14th, we're taking back to the East Side. I'm in the She Makes Me Laugh Festival. Um, so my writing was, yes, my writing was accepted. I'll be performing yeah. two sketches. My time slot is 7.49 p.m. this Sunday, October 14th. I'm going to be performing some of my homegirls, some sketches that I wrote. We're talking, uh, we're going to be doing a sketch, one about a Toto cleaner called Let Me Soul to Go. Ooh, and uh, okay. the other sketch is, uh, trust me, it's very female empowering. Um, and <laughs> mm. <laughs> female empowering and showering, that's my motto. Um <laughs> And uh, the other sketch is about a female pimp. Yeah, I'm playing a pimp. I oh, can't wait. I'm wow. very excited. Okay. Um, I basically write sketches that live out my lifelong dreams. Um, <laughs> yeah, I yearn uh, for a, a clean toto, toto. toto. A clean Toto and a pimp. <laughs> and I feel like pimp. you could just merge the two sketches together, too. So, so yeah, you can follow me at Rachel La Loca. This has a been a fantastic, pimp. fantastic episode. We knew it was going to be this way, didn't we? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. You told me. We have to thank our live audience. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And you. And you. And you. And you. And you. And you. You, 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 you. Thank you. And to our audience out there in the podcast airwaves, if you want to come and be a part of this craziness, please email us at wearelatinosoutloud at gmail.com. It goes straight to Bago and my phones. We check all of our emails. Email us. What do you like? What don't you like? What do you want to see more of? Leave us some more reviews. They're really uh, beautiful. We read every single one of them and we cry about them, um, you know, in a good way because they're so beautiful and touching. But continue to support us and we thank you for that support. And on that note, we out! Oye, mijo, ¿qué show es ese que están escuchando? Tremenda vaina. 
Hola amigos y bienvenidos a Tremenda Vaina, el show donde escuchas cuatro historias que desafían la realidad. De las cuatro, solamente una es mentira. ¿Cuál será? Nos puedes encontrar en tu plataforma favorita. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Suscríbete hoy. Y esto es Tremenda Vaina. Tremenda Vaina. There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs, like the stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid and Venza, the spacious Highlander and all-new Sienna with more cargo space, and the fuel-efficient and high-performing RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota hybrids save you time and money, filling up less often at the gas station. And of course, all with 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty on new models. Take the next step. Visit Toyota. Toyota.com slash hybrid or your local Toyota dealership to learn more.